So what says mid-January more than Dick Dale's legendary <laughs> surf classic Miserloo right there? Yeah, I know, you know, people like to give, oh, now I can't even think of his name. I've been up so long and it's been such a weird week. What is the name of the director? Quentin Tarantino, right? Yes. So despite the fact that that song had been legend for more than three decades, he gets credit for bringing it back into popular culture. Yeah, no, not good enough. Quentin, if that is your real name. Um, Made up name. Exactly. Quentin Tarantino. Are you kidding me? Are you from? Are you Are you in The Godfather? Who are you? Um, my name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It is The Brian Oak Show episode. What are we on? 218? 218 is a lonely road for me, said the Gear Daddies. I don't have any idea what you're talking about right That's now. That's actually oh, a Gear Daddy song. I see. 218? Yes. About Highway 218. Oh, which is where? Uh, well, it runs throughout Minnesota. But you know what? I think people can Google that. So let's move on. All right. Well, fine. Then, then we'll move on. Uh, I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It's episode Highway 218 uh, oh. of our show. Made possible by Smart Start MN. We thank them. We thank all the guests we've had up until this point. Hard to imagine we're 218 episodes into this. I know I keep saying that every episode. But it becomes more and more difficult to imagine that people still give a shit and that they still listen and that they still care at all about the fact that this thing exists. But we have a lot of people to thank. We have a lot of sponsors to thank. We have Patreons to thank. There are so many people to thank, but we'll get to that. But first and foremost, Sean, I want to talk to you. You and I are both fully vaxxed and fully boosted, correct? Yes. Yes. And you still came down with the fucking crud. I did. And I've been super safe, you know, wore my mask everywhere and did all that stuff. Um, you know, I would say the only exception would be like eating at a restaurant. I wasn't wearing a mask and I really tried to be safe. Um, so I was a bit surprised. I took a, a test last Friday and it was negative, but I still was feeling like crud. So I took another, I actually went to uh, one of the testing sites uh, at the MOA um, in the parking lot there and got pretty immediate notification that I was positive. Oof. Um, yeah. And, and but you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. You know, I mean, it, it feels like a bad cold, but also kind of some weird feverish chill type of stuff going on. Um, but I've just been like taking Dayquil and NyQuil and that helps a ton. Um, but I don't feel the, the orange and the purple, baby. I mean, like that, that's exactly that it. That day That's quill, like, so I never, ever take medicine when I'm sick, except when I, like, feel, like, real garbage. That orange stuff, man, like, people talk about sipping on that purple, and I'm like, I'll take the orange 10 times out of 10, man. I, fucking I get this weird, shit. like, buzz in I the center it. of my chest. I get this weird kind of yeah. hopped up feeling. but Because well, you can get through the day, like, right? You're like, I still have to work, even though I feel like garbage. Yeah, you're kind of just, like, you know, and you're sipping on that hovering orange, around. And, yeah. um, it almost sounds like a Jared Brewington side project, like, you know, like, uh, the orange station. Um, and I wonder yes. when you talk about going out to restaurants, I mean, like, did you go to his new experimental place, the trough where you crawl up on hands and knees and just, and just root around in the vegetables with the your grapes? face, exactly. with your mouth hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, but his freaking new chicken place is going to be right by my house. And I 
might just be a frequent flyer at that place, man. I can't it, it's wait. It's right by both of our houses. And I know I'm it a is. Afraid, and because Jared Brewington has this sort of this vision, this weirdness, this this coolness, and like everything he touches turns to gold. But then it's almost like too good, and he's like, "No, I'm going on to another thing. No, I'm moving on to another thing." Like he can't sit in one spot for too long. He gets uncomfortable. Jared Brewington is going to be our guest today on today's podcast, which we are doing by Zoom. It's the only reason I brought up your COVID diagnosis, the fact that I just got boosted and I felt fine both mornings, was able to get through the radio morning show, then literally got home and felt like I was hit by a trank dart from uh, Jim from the helicopter on (laughs) on Mutual of Omaha, like sitting on the couch and falling slowly sideways and laying in a really uncomfortable position like no, this doesn't feel good. And a boom. And then wake up four hours later. It, it's not a normal time we live in right How now. How are you still- feeling now, Brian? I was happening. <laughs> it was very bizarre. And, you know, slept a great night's sleep, got up, got back to work the next day. Feeling better today, but fully vaxxed, fully boosted. I'm 16 for 16 on tests right now. Fingers wow. still crossed. But again... Omicron looks like everyone's going to fucking get Omicron, right? Like there's, yes. there's no there's no way around it. And but there might be, but they will be the rare and the few. But luckily, if you are vaxxed and you are boosted, you know, we hear about these incredible spikes in the numbers and, and what's happening in the hospitals. The vast, vast majority are too ignorant to get a fucking vaccine, even if it costs us listeners if you're not willing to vax, if you're not willing to defer to science, if you're not willing to defer to people who have, in their combination, centuries of epidemiological research under their belts, and you think you know better, you're an asshole and an idiot, and I hate you. Get well, your fucking vaccine. Let me put a finer point on that. Um, Please. Kind, kind of on a serious note, he was a second cousin, but I lost... Uh, one of my cousins to this fucking disease. He was 58, perfectly healthy. Uh, he and his son decided not to be vaccinated. His wife and two daughters are vaccinated. Yeah. And the funeral for Dan, my cousin, who lives in a small town in Wisconsin, was last Saturday. And it's just fucking sad. And I know from knowing this guy, he's a good guy. He worked with disabled people. should say he was a good guy. Worked with disabled people. But I know he was influenced by politician and by politicians and people that told him, do not get this vaccination. And I just think it's fucking sad. And so, you know, I have also I'm sure there's people that are listening to this going, well, you're sick. You know, you got COVID even though you got vaxxed. Well, yeah, I got the Omicron deal. (coughs) Excuse me as I hack my way through the show. But you're not intubated, are you? You're no, not, I'm not you're intubated. Not, you're not clogging up the medical system, which no. is wildly overwrought right now. And I hope you know, Sean. I, you know, and I'm sorry about your cousin. I do not mean to make light of what no. is literally a fatal issue. Not at all. But I, but I mean to be serious about it in the sense that, like, you know, like when you were a kid, you got inoculated. My parents still have scars from their inoculations on their arms, right? Like it wasn't an option not to be inoculated dogs can't hang out together if they haven't had the right shots man. that's what i said to people and anybody who says well we only we did we rushed this thing to the market i said you know what what was the other fucking option you know what was the other option and any of us who took a statistics class know that anything above 100 is a pretty good survey how about a survey of millions of people who have been vaccinated who have gotten through this compared to everybody else so 
get the fucking thing done and quit being so goddamn selfish is what I've said. Quit being so fucking selfish because that's really at the center of the whole thing. All the people, I'll be okay. Well, no shit. Just like you'll be okay because you're wealthy and white or whatever the fuck your deal is. We know you're going to be okay. But what about everybody else? What about the business owners that are fucking struggling through this? What about the people that have some pre-existing condition, including kids with diabetes and cancer survivors and everything else? What about them? That, so I'm off my soapbox, maybe, but that's Don't. my feeling. Dude, we have on the a podcast. You can stand on it all fucking day if you want to. <laughs> also, it almost sounds like you're saying that maybe there's more at stake than just what we, what skin we have in the game. Yes. Like, that, that, that maybe, maybe, again, maybe there's a greater good to be served. Maybe there is something more important to be taken care of. Maybe that if we all think about it as a team game, as an actual team game, that we could do better together. You sound like a crazy person. You also sound like a hippie and a communist, but I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to listen to a little bit of what you have to say. You know, someone who believes in our greater mutual future is Jared Brewington. Uh, Jay Brew, him, love him. Jay Brew, every time I've met this guy, he's got the best stories on the planet, but he, he also, does. I don't know that I've ever met anybody who genuinely and more actively and more and more concertedly works towards our mutual future. And that means everybody. It doesn't mean white, black, yellow, purple, chartreuse. Are there chartreuse people? Fuck yeah, nowadays. There must be somewhere. Um, but aside from color, creed, whatever, Jared Brewington believes in our mutual humanity and the fact that we've all got to fucking really buckle down and work and do our best on behalf of one another to do better by one another. That's fucking inspirational, man. And it's also, I mean, it makes me feel like a piece of shit every single time I think about him because I'm not anywhere near as good at this as he is, but I'm trying and I'm learning every single time. We're going to check in with Jared Brewington next, but before we do, for whatever reason, uh, maybe it's the post booster. Maybe it's that half the people I know who are alive right now have COVID. I was feeling a little emo today. Yeah. I was digging through music and this song popped up and you know, even if you're not feeling emo, because he's got feel-good songs. He's got beautiful songs of love. There, there are very, not unlike Jared Brewington, there are very, very, very few people like Bill Withers. And so mm. I couldn't get this song out of my head. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, 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 I know
Honest to God, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, there are these voices like Marvin Gaye and like Sam Cooke, and there are voices that will never be refutable, right, that are among the greatest of all time. But when it comes to the combination of songwriting and execution, man, I'll die on Bill Withers Hill, man. I I love that guy so much. Before we check in with our guest today, we should make sure to thank our primary sponsor, Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They worked with the legislature. They worked with the judiciary. They put this thing in place. And then, of course, all the, you know, the feeders and the lampreys and the, the parasites come in to feed on the work that they've done initially because there's money to be made. But Smart Start MN is what made it happen first here in Minnesota. Should you get a DUI, you are going to lose your license. The math is very simple. That is irrefutable. That is not going to change. However, you can get back in your car. You can get back to work. You can get back to some semblance of a real life while you put together the pieces of what has been rent asunder by contacting Smart Start MN. They'll get you back into the vehicle sooner and for less money than you might otherwise expect. Yeah, just the humanity these guys had to go do all this work to say to people, look, we're not going to shame you. We know that you still need to live your life. And hopefully you have some remorse about drinking and driving. Um, But we're going to help you get back into your car so you can take your kid to jujitsu practice. And and, uh, (laughs) Brian's doing his jujitsu pose right now. Yeah. Or whatever it happens to be, get to work so you can actually pay your share of the bills. But if you want to save even more money, you can go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. To be very, very honest, my jujitsu is weak. However, the man I'm about to talk to, his jujitsu is strong. It is. I still remember the first day I met him. We were sitting at a little pub in southeast Minneapolis. Naked. And- we, nope, nope. Don't make it weird, man. It was already weird <laughs> enough and wonderful. Enough. We, don't, we don't have to. We, we all right, all right. We'll move on. We'll move on. Yeah, yeah. And but he, we met each other and we hit it off immediately. And um, you know, you you only meet a handful of people in your life that you know have got that thing, right? That spark, that that energy, and and you feel it immediately. And you're like shit, I want to be around this guy. Or, wow, what, what's this guy going to do next? And it turns out the answer, in the case of Jared Brewington, is everything. I, I'm going to do everything next, which it, it makes me it makes me sad that he's only got one lifetime. But I also believe in him so much, he might have more than one on deck. There's a lot going on, including that powerful new mustache, which I can see thanks to Zoom. Jared Brewington, how are you, my good man? Hello, how are you, my brother? 
I'm doing all right, man. And a happy new year to you. I hope everything's going on the right direction. It's not belated. It's all year long. So catch yeah, you well, exactly. No, but I mean, like, like that is a powerful mustache. That's not a joke, man. That's like, I mean, like, do you get, do you see people not walking across the street because you're a black man, but because they're afraid of the power of your mustache? It's it, it usually the cause of that. It's the whispers version mustache. Yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, it, it, but I mean, like one of the brothers, uh, it's it's the whispers. That there are people who cannot grow a proper mustache. Your mustache looks like um, if you were able to carve a boomerang out of titanium, but then paint it black and put it on a man's face. It's 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 a powerful look, man. We haven't talked in a while, and I know that you're constantly busy. You know, we met back with Funky Grits, and even before that. But I mean, you've been involved in so many various elements. But you you pivot a lot. You move a lot. You're doing a lot of things. Now, before we talk about what you're up to now and about the future, last year, you were the keynote speaker at the high school that my daughter graduated from, Washburn. How does it come to pass that you get invited to be the keynote speaker at a graduation at a city, at a school with the kind of history and a legacy that Washburn has? Well, I was part of that history and legacy in the mid to late 90s. So uh, I, I, I stuck with that organization as a, a school that's near and dear to my heart, like a lot of people do with their high school that was in the neighborhood that they grew up in. Mm -hmm. And uh, Funky Grits being in the neighborhood, uh, I, I went out of my way to hire Washburn students to, to be a part of that experience at the restaurant. Uh, a childhood friend who went to all of the schools with me through uh, elementary, junior, and high school, and grew up a block down the street, was the head coach. Uh, he's now the athletic director. And so my, my, my inclusion in the school really was on a different level, more than just being a proud graduate. It was something that I was contributing to and you know, these students' lives, just with job skills and being around my, my crazy energy and asking them to tell me what their crazy energy is and, 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 and saying, well, then ex expand upon it and let that be your life in your future. Uh, isn't that cool? Doesn't that sound right? So um, I just stayed in contact with them and, and with the principal and th throughout that uh, and my connection with, with the school and caring about my neighborhood post George Floyd's murder. Mm. Uh, these students were the residents of that event that the whole globe saw. They were the kids that lived in the neighborhood and, and, and that couldn't, that was never lost on me and, and the impact there. So uh, I was honored enough to, to, to be asked to be the keynote speaker and my, my, my whole focal point for the whole uh, talk to them was that they are the greatest graduating class in the history of American education. And I, and I gave them reasons why it was true. And the reasons were true that no, no student has gone through so many changes with this global pandemic and with what they specifically experienced in their neighborhood with social unrest and a, and a horrific act that, that, that also paused the world while we're living in a thing that also paused the damn world. So my, my speech to them, specifically them, was only for the students in the Minneapolis school system that, that graduated at that time. And for Washburn, uh, South High and Roosevelt, that was their backyard. Uh, and, 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 and it was uh, at a time when adults didn't have the answers, 
because they didn't have the answers for COVID. They're actually fighting over the answers. And now we have mm. ourselves now saying we all know the answer mm. um, at, at whatever level that has now taken us, which we all can go in opine in de detail about the stress and frustration of people's interactions about science. But be beyond that, the effect that it had was on their lives. And for them to go through hybrid learning, to back to with their peers and whatever uh, shell shocked or battle damage that left them. Uh, and we all know now as parents that the, the mental health component of that was grave and, 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 and touched every student in the country. Um, but then for, for their hearts to be thinking deeply about human life and, and what 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 it what the value of a life is because the world stopping to look at the the aftermath of George Floyd's murder that's a lot to weigh on when your hormones are all flipping around <laughs> I, I you know I think back to when I was a teenager and you know punk rock was exploding and it was the Reagan era because grandpa's a little older um you know you felt like oh my god I'm experiencing things no one's ever known before but then what you bring up about, you know, talking to these kids who literally go to school mere blocks from where a grown man was murdered in front of everyone's eyes. It became the focal point, the epicenter of what was going on for the world, right? That, and then you put COVID on top of it. I mean, you know, you having a front row seat to talk to these kids, we've all dealt with our trauma, right? We've all had our own burden to bear going forward. But it makes my imagined anger of suburban frustration seem very, very hollow and, and very, very fragile compared to some of the real things. I mean, do you get the impression after talking to these kids, right, and, and, and looking at what the future looks like, do you get the impression they're going to be okay? It's going to make them stronger? Is it going to fracture them? I mean, and there's no way to know, right? I mean, you're not, you know, Nostradamus, but... Well, not Nostradamus, probably wasn't even Nostradamus, but I mean, like when you, with all the exposure you've had to these kids, I mean, like, do you get, do you get the impression that they're going to make it, that this is going to make them stronger or that it's going to, it's going to break them? No, I think it, it's made them stronger because that was at a successful part of their life, which means that they got, overcame that. So that was already proof. So historically speaking, uh, the graduating class of post-COVID and post-Floyd uh, showed strength to make it through. And, and second, and I think we all know this, um, mental health awareness and mental health communication with the, uh, young adults uh, in uh, our day today is unprecedented in my life, which was more a taboo still in my life in the sports culture even, but now the sports culture even in football is, is representing uh, how to respect mental, one's mental health. So I, 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 I believe that in, in, in my dealings with young adults and working with them and how expressive they are and identifying really deeply uh, defined mental health issues or concerns and, and that, they've, that, that they've acknowledged it, I mean, isn't the acknowledgement of a depression or, or uh, uh, some, some mental health uh, issues or uh, imbalances, all of the good, all of the good of going into a better spot, right? So, uh, you know, knowledge is the, the first part and, and acknowledging it and, you know, the fact that they're defining it so openly, even to their employers, um, sometimes as excuses of why they're not coming in. 
but still acknowledging and 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 well articulated uh you know expressions of how they they're dealing with mental health or or get healing through a trauma so never have i thought that our youth would be able to have the tools to navigate through trauma that are open to them and and not only readily available you know seeking out uh, you know people who have those issues and making it available for them if they need the resource well and again growth in all of these areas whether we're talking about adults or a wider world or kids within high school or wherever it is it's incremental right but it's nice to see these steps forward before we hear your first song because i hate going too long without some music is it okay that i'm still i'm trying to be healthy about it but is it okay that i'm still bitterly bitterly angry about over what happened to colin kaepernick now when i see every time because i love the nfl and i watch football all the time when i see black lives matter on the back of a helmet or when i see black lives matter on a tennis shoe or a cleat whatever it's called who cares when i think about this young man who was smart enough brave enough proud enough mad enough to fight for what mattered get literally hung out to dry okay well okay not literally but you know what i mean like i mean basically an outcast right and never welcome back and now it is a few years later it's just it's par for the course you're like oh shit maybe we did treat black people like garbage maybe we did literally openly murder them in the streets he was trying to make a stand and america I don't know, was it America? Was it the NFL? I don't know who it was. Is it wrong that I'm still fucking bitter and I want Colin Kaepernick to get at least a backup job on an NFL team? It'll never happen because of the the, the fan base uh, owners and the, the, the level of uh, um, category figurehead that he is. So he can't. Others can. So before his time is appropriate, for sure. Um, but just not him, because for those that uh, it was in their craw that he did what he did, uh, that 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 reasoning or, or new understanding can't happen because he's he seared into their uh, version of why it was an egregious act. You can't pedal back uh, when that exploded already. So um, that's his part of history. Um, and for that, he's the shoulders to stand on. So the recent documentary, uh, deep, deeply, uh, deeply investigating his case as a study for the future, his impact is still there. Um, but in my mind, and it's another, it's just a notable story of a black person fighting for something that uh, it blew up in their face because of whatever the ignorance of the day was. And it is, you know, even the fact that it got hung up on disrespecting the military, I, and you can't undo that because that's already someone's deeply rooted passion and you can't take away real emotion. So they, they can't undo that. You can't, you can't become unviolated with an apology if you felt violated. But you also you also can't take away, granted, the sacrifices are often great, but you can't take away the bravery or the vision of a pioneer and someone saying something genuinely important. And yeah. 
I just, it, I'll, I'll never not be mad about it. I will try to say on behalf of Colin Kaepernick to your feelings, he's feeling pretty good about himself. I know he's doing great, <laughs> but he's it's still it's, out of his place. And he understands he's not a martyr to a job. No, because it's a damn job and it's a short lived job. So right. I wouldn't wish him back into that cycle anyways, because I think the brain that he has now should stay that way. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Jared, we've gone too long without music. You have picked, as you always do, a very interesting spectrum of songs for today's podcast on The Brian Oak Show. And this first one, the only reason I became aware of them is I'm sort of a Euro music nerd. And a couple of years back, this band won the Eurovision contest. Now, the only reason I even know what Eurovision is, is because I, and I'm going to say it openly and without irony, am an ABBA super fan. And when they came out with uh, with their song, uh, oh my God, I'm going to forget which one it was now because we're on the spot here and because I'm underslept. Maybe it's the COVID talking. They won the Eurovision contest back in the day. And I'm like, what the hell is Eurovision? So I went back and looked and you watch over the years and Europe is weird, man. Like different bands win every year. But the basic premise for people who are not familiar with Eurovision is this. Every country sends a delegate, right? A band or an artist, and they bring a song, and it's on this gigantic international European stage, and then it's boiled down by judges and votes to one final winner, and it's kind of a big deal for the people who win. It literally made ABBA's career. Um, and the uh, and this band also won it, uh, what, a year or two ago? I'd literally never heard of them. And I guarantee you that if they had not won Eurovision, not one of us would have any idea of who the hell Monoskin is, the Italian band. Why'd you pick this one? Because they're young and visceral and that's, they're really, they're really rocking. They, that is their version of their sexy, sinister, like scream and rock. Some of their visuals are, are, you know, I, I think indicative of their personalities and they're just young, wide open, influence heavy by a lot of things, but they they really shred. And I, you know, I'm sure they're going to have great, you know, economic success, but I hope they turn out a bunch of gritty, gritty ass hot rock like this in the meantime. <laughs> Oh, mamma mia, mamma, mamma 
from my body, I say you're not allowed You wanna handle me, but I'm a bit too much I'll burn all the place down Cause I'm too fucking hard Oh mamma mia, mamma mia Unmute Brian. <laughs> Every pitch. 2022. Look, man, Zoom. I expect, I expect, I thought by 2022, I was going to have robots holding my eyelids open. All right. I didn't expect that I have to hit the button that said unmute. All right. <laughs> I was doing a little, a little deep dive on lead singer of Monoskin, Damiano David. That was so good. Only 23 years old. His face looks like it was sculpted from marble by Michelangelo, right? And being pretty never, ever hurts, but he can clearly sing. He digs the vibe. The band yep. knows how to play. For how young they are, I think you're right. I, I, Jared, I think that band's got some grind in front of it. But when's the last time you heard, what was your last favorite Italian band? Anyone? Wow. Chuck Mangione? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Not of Italian extraction, actually Italian. <laughs> no, I mean so, and but they they have a great vibe and a great look and a killer rock scene. A lot of animal print in their clothes. I'm mean, going to be honest, not my personal favorite, but that's that guy's awesome. voice, it's got the right grind to it, the right smoke to it. Um, that was a, an excellent, excellent pull. Before we continue with Jared Brewington, Sean, we should probably talk about the fact that you, in addition to being a co-owner and producer for a wildly successful podcast, The Brian Oak Show, um, are also, as a side hustle, barely a side hustle, uh, a realtor for Edina Realty, 50th in France location. What's going on? Uh, so because I have the Rona, um, I've got a couple other fine people uh, handling an open house for me on Saturday and Sunday at a place that's super close to the new chicken place that Jared's opening up. Which we're about to talk about next. Yeah, at 42, 25, 45th, that open house will be Saturday and Sunday. I think it's new to two on Saturday and one to but three not, on Sunday. It's not so close that people are going to catch your sick COVID, right? No, I've got other people handling the open house. Yeah, I know, but you said it's yeah. very close to it. I just want to make sure people... No, it's, it's, 
it's, it's not right like not right like you're not going to be on the other side of plastic like the boy in the plastic bubble like john travolta no i got i got women from my office who are awesome people who are going to handle the open house i'm saying that people will be close to the chicken new chicken place when they move yeah, into yeah. this house i got it i got it. and i feel like i should put that on the listing it's important to know that you're going to have a lot of blood in your chicken stream wait a minute <laughs> it, i'll tell you what what that's you the i don't know what's happening with me 612-859-2594 brian's trying to take a bite of his uh croissant or something over there you know, english muffin it's over english muffin. a little bit of peanut butter left on the plate and this year uh i'm doing the same thing i did last year we're going to keep donating to local uh musicians or full bands uh that's your choice as a buyer or seller 612-859-2594 jared brewington is our guest and jared brewington is he really is a remarkable individual i i, I and i don't mean to just because he's on the show kisses but he <laughs> is he's well i mean but i would probably because he's really handsome and I, i'm guessing he has a nice hinder but um <laughs> He um he, he act, he, he's one of these weird <laughs> individuals, like these unusual individuals who loves the community he comes from, is willing to put community before self and personal profit. Obviously, he wants to make money, but he believes in the places that he lives and that he's invested in and that he comes from. And it's really remarkable. Now, these days you live out in Cologne. But you've also, because you can't seem to sit still, Jesus Christ, could you take a day off, Jared? You can't seem to sit still. You've got a brand new endeavor coming down that is called Official Fried Chicken. Very, very near to where I live, like extremely near, like very close to the intersection of 46 and Minnehaha, which I live really close to. And you wrote on your bio, think Vending machine hot chicken. Now, I have two thoughts right off the top of my head. One, brilliant. Two, I've had vending machine just about everything because I'm not a picky eater. How the hell are you going to be able to do good fried, hot fried chicken vending machine style at your new location? And in fact, I'm going to back up before that. Where exactly near 46th and, and, and Minnehaha are you going to be? We are smack dab on the corner of 46th and Minnehaha on so, the northeast corner. So Falls Liquor is on the southwest corner. You're going to be kitty corner from Falls Liquor. We are we are a diagonal uh, diagonal walk across the street under the Min 46 apartment building. Well, and so in that area, since I literally live right there, my daughter works over in the old strip mall over there on Hiawatha. Um, they're building all of these sort of new condos and apartment buildings right over there, but always on the main floor is either some sort of grocery store or, you know, fast food place or restaurant or whatever. So you're going to be right on 46th and Minnehaha across from the dentist place, right? Absolutely. That Frank Lloyd Wrighty looking. Yeah. Yeah. Central office. Uh, yes. Smack dab so, on the corner. 4010 so, East 46th street is the, the technical address. So when you talk about like, okay, think hot fried chicken vending machine style is it a restaurant can i sit down do i come in and punch a button and put my five dollars into the machine or my 25 dollars or whatever it is and get it handed out through the glass i would what what is the premise of this new endeavor of yours uh much like the new uh uh tested uh 
concept trough in which you crawl through the door. No, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one you and I haven't developed fully yet. Um, We're working uh, on it. Fried chicken is the number one all human history global connected food. So it's 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 the, it's the fan favorite across the globe for all human history. So right. I'm I'm respecting that and. Uh, I'm, I'm also putting into practice some of the state-of-the-art uh, cooking and, and, and service delivery models that in a post-COVID world and in a really uh, 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 fast, fast grab, you know, attention span of a, a large swath of our American consumer base, especially in densely populated areas, um, official fried chicken was born. So we will be making fresh, hot, um, delicious fried chicken, uh, but how you're getting it is 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 kind of the cool part, the treat, and and what what will uh, result in a quicker guest experience for hot bone-in fried chicken. So, uh, official fried chicken consists of three flavors of bone-in chicken and delicious French fries, and that is the concept. Hot and for people, when you want it, people walk in and like is there is there no human interaction you order ahead how does the process work you you can order ahead for delivery or pickup uh from our website and and or through uh, a doordash if you will but we'll be forwarding a lot of traffic to make it make a delivery cheaper for the consumer mm -hmm. going through through our method uh but uh for for those who go into the store there'll be two kiosks where you order yourself you pay by card you put in your phone number and then you get texted a picture or a, a digit code, a four digit code. And you can go over to the right to our pickup cabinets where there'll be 12 boxes and a mm. screen. In you scan your phone under the screen's eye and then the box opens up and your food is there on a hot base, uh, warm waiting for you. And once you grab it, these, these cabinets are weighted. So when your food's removed 40 seconds later, it closes automatically and you're you're there with hot fresh bone and chicken within two minutes of going to the kiosk and ordering that's wild so you i mean like so you a while back moved out to cologne minnesota right like i'm getting out of the center of the city i've done a lot of work here no one could doubt your commitment to that community or that you know that whole area and what you did there but you decided to move out now you're literally heading back into ground zero of southeast minneapolis what inspired your return to this particular neck of the woods? I never left Minneapolis and I never will leave Minneapolis. So uh, uh, just to tap into the mental health part of our young people, some of us middle middle aged older people, <laughs> you know, I, I chase I chase the balance too. to stay busy. I live in the country. Yeah, it's beautiful every morning and it's beautiful every night and I'm at peace and it's a micro vacation and I enjoy uh, the guarantees of that. So living on 35W growing up in a four generation house by King Park on 42nd and 2nd South Side, I looked at the freeway for my second floor bedroom and wished it was a valley and a, and mm. a water feature and woods. So I, I always wanted to get away from the city in my brain physically. So I'm, I'm on the Meet Minneapolis Board of Directors starting this January, which is the tourism board for our city and really welcoming and, and expressing the virtues and, and, and beautiful history and future for Minneapolis. It also handles the Minneapolis Convention Center and, and those operations. So um, and, and with my work with YouthLink in Minneapolis, I, I never will leave Minneapolis. It's, it's, its future means so much to me. 
Um, it, some of the greatest people in my life came from the same house I grew up in, my great aunt Linda, um, the, the, the people I met in my neighborhood, my Minneapolis public schools education, all of that. So, uh, and, and with official fried chicken, I, want, I, I, I go where I know also. I know that's a growing area where that feature will be will work well with the people going to picnic at Minnehaha Falls uh, to have their picnic ready to go. Um, and, you know, the hundreds of thousands of visitors that go see that wonderful nature feature every year. Um, I, I want them to have some tasty, delicious, delectable chicken and some fries and move on with move on with their day. Two questions. What are yeah. you hoping for an opening date? We're looking at mid-March. We're starting construction now. The beauty is that it's a raw space. It's a brand new building. Mm. So just go in with our, our cuts. And, 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 it's, and it's a smaller space because of the service style. Mm -hmm. You walk in, you go out, or you come in and you pick up your food. Uh, so um, it's it, it's a efficient efficient space, and it's going to be really pretty, too. We're going to have lights and make it visible and, and attractive for the neighborhood and also uh, visible to come, come in quick and get your, get your stuff and go. And the second question is, can you talk about what YouthLink is and how, what you do with that? And uh, I'm hoping to get involved with YouthLink as well. I think we can probably yeah. mention on the show today. Yes. Um, YouthLink is 45 years old. It's the largest youth homelessness, uh, resource and organization in Minnesota. Um, YouthLink is downtown Minneapolis. It serves a, a large portion of the youth that are without, around that area. Um, every night in the state of Minnesota, 10,000, around 10,000 youth are homeless. And we only have the capacity to handle and take care of or house about 5% of that population. Mm. So YouthLink's mission is, you know, it, the, the aspiration is always to eradicate youth homelessness. Uh, however, our journey is, is fraught with uh, moving, moving through COVIDs or social unrest or, or whatever the um, it, community issue du jour is. And, and that changes the, the needs, that changes the, uh, the resources and, and some of the, the things that YouthLink provides, which is direct support, um, like uh, uh, physical and, and mental health needs mm -hmm. uh, to transitional uh, uh, housing and stable housing. We have two apartment buildings in our in our world uh, at our main facility downtown uh, we have the Nicollet View Apartments and in South Minneapolis um, right on 37th and Nicollet is the uh, Nicollet View apartment uh, Nicollet Square Apartments mm -hmm. so you think has been providing a as a pivot point for multiple resources but provides a multitude of them in-house and uh, we are going to be announcing our new executive director soon and that is uh, a, an amazing and, and huge step towards our future which will be more more visible to the services that we provide as we as we grow our our our, um, our programs and also delve into more we, uh, with our newly formed voices of youth advisory council which is a council of youth that, that i as a board member am a liaison on that council who have lived experience but are, are helping articulate the, the issues with the youth today to help us create programs that are uh, that are respectful and, and cognizant of the things happening today. Like I said, the last tw two years, uh, youth with homeless uh, homelessness and housing instability, their needs have changed, and so have their traumas. And trauma is mm -hmm. the core. Of this. So that that the work is important uh, in 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 a 
multi-pronged approach. I have two last quick questions before we get to another song. One, if people want to know more about YouthLink and find out how they can be involved, how they can support, what they can do in support of the efforts that are undergoing and ever growing, what's ground zero? What's the best place to go to find out more about YouthLink? YouthLinkMNForMinnesota.org. So YouthLinkMN.org. Uh, in, uh, ways to donate and contribute right there in the front of the page, but also uh, ways to look to uh, see what the work is that we're, that we're focusing on, the programs that are that are making impact, and uh, our, our board of directors who uh, have put a lot of time and effort into uh, being stewards to support the leadership there. Second question is, is it ever burdensome or almost overwhelming to be one of the most insightful, intelligent, humorous, handsome, contributing, decent citizens in the entire upper Midwest? I mean, is that ever, is it ever almost hard to get out of bed? Cause you're like, how am I going to live up to this every single goddamn day? Nope. It's not hard. <laughs> not hard at all. <laughs> I have a 13 year old daughter who, uh, who, tells me about, who tells me about me <laughs> yeah no and, i've got one of those too she's 23 but yeah. it's amazing it's amazing how balancing yes. having a child can be how right. how, how and not limiting but um it, the perspective that's offered of dad you're an idiot like oh okay i thought i was doing the right thing but apparently i'm also an idiot <laughs> at the same time I'm a product of trial and error in a lot of almost every aspect of my life and mm -hmm. success and trial and error. So um, I'm always in the middle <laughs> of part of some journey. So there's, there's no hubris because I could fuck up tomorrow on one of them. And you have the courage to try again, Jared, which is cool. You know, well, that's the pivot part. I try to work with things that are that are timely as well, mm -hmm. because of the the greater humanity because we can we can do enough that with our head down that and not care about division but i like to stay active in the human human ecosystem and and and, and see what you know companies had to finally listen to what i've been saying for a long time if you love your staff it might work out for you and they had a big big awakening over the last year and a half and now they love now corporations love their staff and i, I i'm just laughing because <laughs> love, love wins i i have had my share of getting slapped around in my uh rug pulled from under me in in ways that i thought i had stability even in trusting people and 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 friendships uh and this last year has had uh has some some tough battles, but mm -hmm. I'm optimistic because I'm a doer and I respect that about myself. Because do, non-doers are the ones telling me shit. Yeah, but calling <laughs> yourself a doer is one of the most understated things I've ever yeah. heard in my entire life. I love talking to Jared Brewington, but I also love when he comes by because this guy has got a musical background, both in the people who are around him in his life, in his own life, the things he loves. And now he's going to play an artist that I've literally never heard her name before. And so I'm excited to hear what the song sounds like. Tell me about Yeba. Yeba is a young singer from the U.S., the, the South the U.S., uh, she's more of a, a an R&B uh, eclectic singer, um, but but her vocal talent and her vocal range, I I, I immediately think of because she's a white she's a white woman. I immediately get these connections to Adele because Adele kind of transcends what 
what someone would consider pop or R&B or whatever it is, because she's just Adele. And Yeba has not only this vibe, but her, her range chills me to my bones. And this song, Boomerang, which I love because lyrically, it's just kind of help, helped me heal through some things of this last year. How, uh, you know, I, I, I could fight back hard, but, you know, then I got to deal with the shit. So I, I, I'd rather just, you know, uh, in, invoke the, uh, the, the spiritual journey of a boomerang because, you know, shit, shit turns. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm on board. I was doing a little research while we were listening <laughs> to that song. And trust me, I've got the big chunky over your headphones on. So I was fully invested. But wow, in a very short period of time in the last five years, a young woman from Arkansas has become one of the darlings of the music world. When I look at the people she's collaborated with, Sam Smith, Stormzy, Ed Sheeran, Drake, and Mark Ronson, who produced a humongous portion of that particular record. Wow. And here I am, a grown man who pretends to pay attention to the music world. I've never heard the name Yeba in my goddamn life. <laughs> Thanks. 
Very How much. about truth? She is truth. She's cool, man. That was good. That was really good. Well, um, before we um, go any further, I mean, we've got a, like a short segment left here before we wrap things up with Jared Brewington. One of the, you know, one of the things we do every time we're on the show is we thank our sponsors, but we thank the quieter supporters, like our Patreon members, right? They sit there quietly and they provide money, expecting nothing in return other than a good show and occasionally a live performance. But then there are the good people at AudioQuip, Nate Ryder and his company, who literally yes. without Jared's connective tissue of knowing Nate and getting us hooked up, we wouldn't have the equipment that we have to make things possible from the Smart Start MN Studios. How did you first ever meet Nate, man? Uh, Nate is a dear friend. Um, yeah. He's, he's one of my top five in the world. So yeah. um, He's, he's just an honest and, and loving and real, real human being. Yes. Uh, right. Nate, happy, happy birthday recently. Uh, yeah. uh, Nate met through another one of my closest friends. So they've now com combined to be two of the dearest people in my world. So uh, he just, uh, my good friend, Adam, he said one, one day, yeah, you and my buddy, Nate, he's a shredder. He plays guitar. He's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a weird brain too. And he does, but his heart and his weird brain are perfect in, in every way for, for, for my journey in this world. And he's, he's just, he's a rad dude. Uh, we talk throughout the week. I think we kind of balance, uh, balance each other's uh, e emotions of how the, how to fight through the world. You know, he's, he's got an operation that's back and swing and heavy after, you know, the performing arts took a, took a pause uh, with COVID and him being a provider of audio equipment, you know, uh, he, he, he had to fight through that. So, you know, we, we soul search together and I think that's great because we keep each other sharp. So yeah, shout out to Nate. He's, he's, he is the man. Well, him and audio Quip, I mean, like without asking, they jumped on board and I believe that you were an important part of that. So I appreciate that. I appreciate Nate and his entire crew over at audio Quip. If you look up audio Quip online, there are pretenders who are also trying to grab onto the audio Quip thing. Look for the red logo that looks like a Q and an A mixed together. That is Nate and his crew. And as we do get back out there, right? I mean, I know Omicron's surging and I know things are very much in a state of flux right now. But as we get back out there, as there are more poetry slams and rock shows and acoustic nights or karaoke, whatever the case may be, should you find yourself in need of equipment, Sean and I adopted the policy early on, we're not working with fuck faces. And we refuse to work with fuck faces to this <laughs> yeah. day. I, and you know what? Nate, not a fuck face. In fact, not whatever it. the opposite is, that's what Nate is right there. Love that dude. And I mean, he just, he was cool from day one and he's been so generous in supporting and equipping the Smart Start MN studio. So our deep thanks to him. And if anybody out there needs that kind of equipment, needs that kind of gear, Nate and his crew at Audio Equipper, who you want to talk to, contact them. And thanks to all of our sponsors, all of our uh, you know, uh, Patreon members, everybody who's ever been on board, the people who listen, the people who promote, the people who amplify, the people who share and subscribe. This doesn't make it to 218 episodes without real people behind it. And Jared Brewington, you, I hate to break it to you, are one of those actual real people. Um, before we go, um, we know now that you have been um, appointed to the board of Youth Link. Undoubtedly, it's not too distant future executive director. Um, but you are also um, announced to the board of directors of Meet Minneapolis Tourism. What does that mean? What does that mean about bringing 
people to the convention center. What kind of work does it entail to be on the board of Beat Minneapolis? Uh, I think a track record of ambassadorship and, and, and a commitment to the city in its in its totality, in its growth, in its in its marketability, in its optics, we have been an unnecessary unnecessarily so stigmatized ourselves as a city over the last few years. Um, social unrest, um, uh, rising crime, uh, you know, all of the all of the things, even in this interstate, that that people are associating with the entire city. And it's un, it's undeserved. It's not even true. And it's by people who aren't in the area, who aren't in the city, who doesn't, who don't know, for example, that North Minneapolis is only chock full of invested stakeholders and in neighborhood neighborhood uh, connections that that truly love the history, the 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 diversity, and the tapestry of Northside because squeaky wheels in the news are gunshots, right? And that's what we're hearing about. So I, I hear in my town sometimes, or just in the area out here, uh, well, I don't ever go to the city, like in, a, in like in a nonchalant, almost flippant way, like, oh, I'm, I'm making yeah. a point, nice movements never to enter the city center of, of the city of Minneapolis, which is of course, tree line gridded of streets, other well, than- it, Isn't that where all the pimps and the hookers are? That's where you get murdered when you pull into the this un, unknown zone on the freeway. I, I believe it happens immediately. You get carjacked on the off ramp. There, so I live in Southeast Minneapolis, right? Where you're bringing official fried chicken to. And granted, there have been a rash of carjackings, but I try to explain to people, I'm like, well, look, living anywhere that there's a dense concentration, you're never ever going to eradicate, eradicate crime and although it like flares up here or it pops up over here, it's not the defining catalyst or metric of the culture that we live in. These things happen. It, it's, it's not like we're descending into a lawless dystopian future, right? I mean, but, but for, for people who live in a third or fourth tier suburb, just as you just said, oh, I'm not going to the fucking city, fuck that. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, and that's uh, you know, I never, I never continue that part of the conversation because yeah. where where do you start? So you know, um, it's 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 a it's a it's a position that I take seriously because of one those factors which are glaring and 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 polarizing nationally now thinking that Minneapolis is the the carjacking city of fire buildings and <laughs> uh, it's, it's not. I'm not. Or, I don't mean to laugh, but that yeah, was well put. That was or well put. An extremely liberal flipped out out of their mind portland jr which god i wish it, it also isn't because i'm a black boy from minneapolis who's the son of a black boy from minneapolis who's the grandson of a black girl from minneapolis same house so i, I felt i felt through the osmosis of dna and story the pain of uh of minneapolis in that regard which was seems to be an opposite sort of violence. So it, it, it the, the balance in my mind is it's an epicenter, deeply densely populated, um, with uh, varying degrees of income levels. So any socioeconomic sh uh, skews are are going to have uh, different vantage points. Um, yeah. Some include crime. Some include crimes of survival. Some include crimes of of not even their control. 
and and some is just scary shit. And it's not lost on me that I don't think about if I was in, in someone was going to carjack me. Sorry for them, but I think about that and the fact that it's crossed my mind is because something is happening in greater numbers that has made us aware of it, but is not in every street, every block, everywhere you turn. And so I will fight for the some of the corny marketability of our city with a realist approach you know and the convention center is a is a hub for great national things to happen you know the national pork board annual conference and things of that nature which you know for our downtown businesses and employees employees down there that number in the thousands and my brothers and sisters in the restaurant industry specifically my colleagues um, all of that attraction matters. And, and also post-COVID, it's a rebuild philosophically, physically. The infrastructure's changed because offices think differently and events are going to be, be different and more nimble. So being on the, the, the cusp of the decision-making for that um, and working with the downtown council and in the improvement district and, and, and also outwardly from there, you know, other features of Minneapolis like Minnehaha Falls or or, or some of the successes like where we can rank on, on public transit uh, uh, opportunities or uh, current objectives. So um, I, I look forward to that ambassadorship and, and the fun and behind the scenes. I would now say I'm a professional board member in my career too, but that, that's a huge badge of honor to me because most of my professional development has come from serving. Well, as, as a 30 plus, year Southsider of Minneapolis. Um, I don't know if I can think of anybody better suited or qualified or motivated than you to represent this city that I call home and love. And I know Sean feels the same yep. way. Yep, absolutely. So Jared, um, it's good to talk, man. It's been way, way too long and we'll do it again soon. All right. But we've already been going on way too long. The average podcast listener quit listening 25 minutes ago. So <laughs> we're, we're again, but many of the diehards have struggled through and they've stayed yes, through they because they know that Jared's worthwhile, but I want to wish you luck on official fried chicken coming sometime this spring and uh, good luck with youth link and everything else, man. Um, it's uh, it's always great to see your face, man. And I hope you're doing well and happy new year to you. Happy new year to you, brother. I really appreciate spending time with you. I missed being able to hug you today, but that's going to yeah. happen. Again. So strange math. This is show two, one, eight. Yep. So that is, that equals 11. One and one is two. I was on episode two. Holy shit. Really? How about that? I did see. I didn't realize we were going to end the show with numerology. I would have. I, I would have contact contacted my astrologer to like really work up my chart, right, and talk about where my sun sign is right now. Holy shit, though, that's some pretty good. Are you a numerologist guy? I add up shit for some reason sometimes, and if it makes sense, then I go. Oh, 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 oh. Jared <laughs> Brewington. I go, I'll wait. Jared Brewington is my favorite Rain Man that's ever been on the brian oak show i appreciate it jared you take care man and good luck with everything in the new year and we'll talk to you soon all right looking forward to meeting your mustache in person jared love you man god it's powerful like it's also got the little bit down below are you familiar with johnny johnny otis johnny otis was a band leader and this wild musician who frank zappa said he got his facial hairstyle from johnny otis i want you your homework today jared brewington is to go look up johnny otis when we're done 
that mustache <laughs> i feel like you could cut wood with that mustache like you could you could carve out like a like a chainsaw sculpture that is a powerful mustache it's not even fair <laughs> oh, he's, oh he's had quite the stash through his career mr otis i've seen here Oh, and, and trust me, the deeper you go, the more pronounced it becomes. But it's still, oh, it doesn't have nearly the half that your has. We have to go. Tell me about why you decided to round things out with Wine Life by Grover Washington Jr. Because everyone connects them to just the two of us. And this one is such a slick, laid back, happy vibe. You drive to it. You listen to it. Maybe you light up something to it if that's your persuasion or you tip a glass of something neat and, and neat and brown or go on diet Coke with a straw in it. I don't know. But this song is a vibe. 